During this time of limited travel, increased isolation, and stressful media, we want to make the most of this time right here at home. Let us be your escape from life's monotony. Allow yourself to indulge in your wildest travel fantasies and discover the constant beauty of this ever-changing world with the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. On today's episode, we'll be diving deep into the mountain-covered landscape of Banff National Park with special guest Ted Craig of Travel Podcast The World. Welcome to the Wonderlusting Wives podcast. We are your navigators, Allison and Regan. And today we'll be discovering the beauty of Banff National Park with a very special guest, Ted Craig uh, of Travel Podcast The World, um, a travel podcast that profiles travel-themed podcasts and the creators behind them. Uh, He was even kind enough to invite Allie and I onto his show a few weeks ago, and that was a really fun conversation that we were able to have. Banff is on mine and Allie's list, like top five lists of places we want to go, so we're really excited to have this conversation. But of course, before we get into that, as always, we have to go with our icebreaker first. So today's icebreaker is give us and our listeners the elevator pitch for your hometown. Allie, you want to start us off? Yeah, so... Um, My hometown is a very small hometown in Western New York. It has beautiful architecture, um, lots of history, waterfall, the historical Erie Canal, um, lots of great restaurants and sightseeing places. Happen to know the village historian. So if you need a tour, if you stop by, I can get you a personal tour. Um, And it's a great farming community about an hour um, east of Buffalo. Regan, how about your hometown? Yeah, so as you probably know at this point, Allie and I share the same hometown, at least growing up. So I'll give the elevator pitch for my current hometown, which is Rochester, New York. Um, You get a lot of the big city perks with the small town charm, which is something I really love about it. And within 15 minutes of pretty much wherever you are in the city, you can get to city, but also you can get to be surrounded by countryside and greenery, which is also something I love. It's the festival capital of, I don't know, New York or the country. There's just a million festivals happening at any time from art and crafts to music. There's a jazz festival, food festivals. So it's a really great hub and central spot for upcoming arts and food and it's just a really great place to raise a family too which someday we'll see if that happens but that's Rochester so now on to our special guest Ted give us the elevator pitch for your hometown hey well thank first of all thanks for having me here it's nice to be on your show and um, looking forward to our conversation so I've lived in a lot of places but I'll vouch for my original hometown which is ironically pretty much due north of Rochester it's called Peterborough Ontario and about northeast of Toronto about an hour and a half drive and is very similar it's like roughly 100,000 people or so now and you know a great place to grow up wonderful place it's like a small townish feel but lots of you know amenities and again you're close to Toronto in the big city if you need to go there and get stuff um it's just it's just a beautiful area it's surrounded by lakes and farmland and there's a canal also that goes right through the city and you know it's kind of one of those places like i guess when you go up there you don't maybe appreciate it so much it's kind of just normal and then you leave and i i left peterborough 17 years ago it's been a long time since i lived there at least i still go back to visit but uh you know seeing other places in canada and around the world it really made me appreciate peterborough quite a bit so i i always love going back for a visit 
I think the same can be said for me in our small town. You don't appreciate the small town until you live away from it. Yeah, so a little bit of background information on BAMF before we head into our questions. Um, BAMF is part of the Rocky Mountains, um, which is a range from the northwestern um, side of Canada down through the western United States into New Mexico. Uh, it's Canada's oldest national park. It's located in Alberta, Canada, and it has glaciers, coniferous forests, and alpine landscapes. So to get started with our first question, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your travel background, Ted? Sure. Well, Banff especially, and the Rockies in general, have a very, very special place in my heart. When I left Peterborough, in fact, I did travel around a little bit in Canada, but before long, I settled in Lake Louise and worked there at the, uh, the local youth hostel for a season. And then the year after that, I went up to the Columbia Ice Field in Jasper National Park which is, uh, people might be aware of this, it's where they drive these big buses with monster tires onto the glacier. People can go out and take a tour on the glacier. And I got to drive the bus, which is pretty cool. And I met my wife there, so, <laughs> and lots of great friends and so on. It's a really special place. And that was home for, uh, I guess, five summers in total, off and on. Uh, so, you know, it was amazing to have that feeling of it being, feeling like home when you see lots of people coming through, it's on their bucket list and tourists and so on. So that's part of it. I mean, I've traveled around Canada and lived in different places, been able to travel the world too, and spending time in Australia, New Zealand and, and Europe and across Asia and so on. But um, yeah, the, the Rockies are always, always a special place in my heart. So you're a real world traveler here. And that's, that's really cool to hear yep. that even though you have been around the world that right there in your home country of Canada is, is so much that you love to explore also. So getting closer into the topic of conversation, Banff National Park. So what has your experience been traveling to Banff and around there uh, specifically? Yeah, so really, well, the thing is, you know, Canada and the United States, we've got these big countries. Unless you live close to a certain area or region, it's really hard to see it. Now, I'm from Ontario again. I live in Quebec now. So otherwise, it's quite an effort to get out there. And the first time I went to the Rockies was on a family trip. I was 10 years old. And I had, even still, I have vivid memories of, of doing that, just kind of driving through. And we stayed in Banff for a couple nights. But then really, it was in uh, 2006 when I moved to Lake Louise the first time and uh, got to know the area. So, yeah, and really learned a lot about it, uh, the differences between certain areas and, you know, having the time there to really get off the tourist path, I guess, and explore some other parts that are, you know, simply take more time really to get into and explore the, the hiking and some of the backcountry stuff. So, yeah, that's where I really learned about it. And, you know, it was interesting, even though I did end up spending more time in Jasper National Park over the years after that. I often, and, and I love it, of course, it's beautiful there too. I really like the Lake Louise area more than anywhere else because the hiking and a lot of things are just so accessible. Uh, it, you can easily go and, and literally climb a mountain from Lake Louise or Banff and you don't need equipment. Like, I mean, you gotta know what you're doing, but it's a scramble. You can get up to the top of some of these mountains and back down in a day. It's very, very accessible, even though it's quite rugged, it's, it's still fairly remote. and you know, you're totally immersed in nature and everything. So I really like that with Lake Louise, you're surrounded by these towering mountains. And yet it's still kind of a big wide enough valley that you don't feel necessarily completely hemmed in by the mountains. It's kind of a nice mix of both. 
Yeah, and speaking of hikes, sounds like you've checked out a lot of different hikes. Do you have some favorite mm -hmm. hikes or scenic overlooks or other things to do in Banff? Sure. Well, um, there is hiking around Banff, the town itself. Um, not quite as varied, though, around the Lake Louise area. I mean, Lake Louise is the place to go. And Lake Louise isn't far. So if you're in Banff, and most tourists will stay either in Banff overnight or in Canmore, which is another 15 minutes or so before Banff, just before you get into the National Park. A lot of people stay in Canmore because it's not quite as expensive. There are far more hotels. It's not within the National Park boundary. So, you know, there's not as many restrictions. But regardless, it's not far. It's about 40 minutes from Banff to drive to Lake Louise, the town itself. And it's a very small village. Like the permanent population there is maybe a few hundred people who are all seasonal workers, basically, in the tourism industry. Um, but once you're there, lots of trails are really accessible. Probably the most famous popular ones are above Lake Louise itself. Actually, I'll pause for a second because it's important to know that there's the Lake Louise Village, which is kind of on the valley floor just off the Trans-Canada Highway, the main highway. But the village is not right next to the lake. You actually have to drive up the side of the valley. Even that drives a good 10, 15 minutes or so. Or it's a nice walk, actually, too. But it's actually a bit of a stretch to get right up to the lake itself. The lake is not right into the village. And often people are confused by that. You might stay in the hostel or book a hotel room, right, thinking you're next to the lake. It's a bit of a walk to get up there. But once you're at the lake, uh, that's where most of these hiking trails start. And a lot of tourists will head to what's known as the Tea House Trails. There's two in particular. There's the Lake Agnes Trail and Tea House, which is kind of directly above Lake Louise. There's a tiny little lake that's nestled in this little valley above Lake Louise. And you can hike up there, which I think takes about a couple hours or so. It depends on your pace. It's not terribly long. It's a steady climb, but it's not terribly strenuous. And when you get to the end of this trail, you look down on Lake Louise, which is amazing, and the whole valley in the distance. But there's actually a little tea house there. It is quite expensive, but you can get tea and you can get co uh, coffee and muffins and stuff like that. And, you know, part of the charm. Now, a lot of people will go to Lake Agnes Tea House because it's so close to Lake Louise and the big Chateau Hotel there. If you want something that's a little more remote, a uh, longer walk for sure is the Plain of Six Glaciers Trail. And that's, it is more interesting. Now that's really more of a day hike. You walk all along the side of Lake Louise to the back, and then it gets interesting. Then you're into this kind of glacial plain. The glaciers have all receded, but you walk where the glaciers used to be and up over these steep moraines and so on. And you kind of switch back and you're really right up under the mountains now. And then at the end of this trail, there's another tea house. It's crazy. It's like almost in the middle of nowhere. And their staff, I think they must live there because it's, it's uh, quite a walk to get in and out every day. They must take turns like living in this tea house to work there, right? And, and serve you tea and crumpets or whatever. But <laughs> it's, uh, it is an experience. So it's, it kind of gets a bit of both, right? Like you get that rugged experience and yet there's a bit of, I guess, civilization that's part of it too. So that's the plane of six glaciers, uh, which is another one. Beyond that, there's lots more that's even more rugged, intense backcountry as well. Yeah, I guess that's a kind of a side question on that one. If you're taking like kids, say, or a group that's not into hiking as much, what's the range for Banff and the surrounding area? Like, are there those easy hikes and then through to like sort of a backpacking experience or like if you're going with that kind of group, yeah. what would you recommend? Yeah, they're not... Um 
you don't have to do something that's quite so intense. You don't have to climb a mountain, in other words. And a lot of people actually will do just the first part of the Lake Agnes Trail. If they don't mind walking a little bit, you can kind of go up halfway and you're through the forest while doing this, but there's some little breaks in the trees and they probably have benches and stuff where you can still get some of the view, you know, and then maybe turn around and go back down. Uh, if you go out to the Six Glaciers one, is pretty flat really along the side of the lake. So you could walk to the end of the lake and that's, oh, it's probably an hour hike or something, which, you know, you don't have to go the whole way. A lot of people will really just walk around the foot of the lake, again, where the hotel is and where they rent kayaks and canoes and stuff like that. You know, and that's just a nice kind of casual, easy walk. Pretty much any lake you get to has at least a little bit of a hiking trail. You can walk for a few minutes and kind of get a different view. Um, now, another thing I should point out is that it's good to have a car if you're in the national parks, any of them really, because then you have a lot more options. There are shuttles. If you, if you were to fly, let's say, to Calgary, most people come into it by airplane from Calgary. They land there. Um, there are shuttle buses that take you into Canmore and Banff. And then there's other shuttles that'll take you from Banff up to Lake Louise. You don't necessarily have to have a car, therefore, but you are fairly restricted into how much you can explore. Uh, between Banff and Lake Louise, there's a stop called Johnston uh, Canyon. And that's this kind of, it's a canyon. There's like this waterfall that cuts down between it. And there's a bit of platforms and steps you can walk up and explore. Uh, you, you might find a shuttle that'll take you there or maybe a taxi or something. There's tours every once in a while, but there's another easy walk. And that's a popular family stop as well, Johnston Canyon. Sounds like Banff is more kid-friendly than I was expecting. I know most national parks are, um, but mm -hmm. when you started talking about lengthy hikes, I was like, I don't know if kids <laughs> uh, would necessarily want to go there. But um, since there are a variety of different hikes and it seems to be kid-friendly, I think you mentioned kayaks. Is there like biking and other things that kids could participate in? I think if you had kids, you would probably spend most of your time in the town of Banff itself. Go to Lake Louise for a day or even half a day, but most of your time would be spent in the town of Banff. And that's, that's a much larger town. I mean, it has a permanent year-round population, a few thousand people, and they don't all work in tourism. They do all kinds of other things too. So yeah, it, it, there's more of a community feel there as a result. Um, and there are far more things to do. There's a couple of museums for sure. There's the hot springs at the base of the mountain. There's the gondola ride that goes up to the top of Sulphur Mountain. Uh, you can walk around a little bit at the top. Um, there are there is a, a lake a boat cruise between Banff and Canmore, so you're going back a bit further east called La Lake Minnewanka, and uh, again you might get a shuttle that gets you there, or at least you need a car, but you can go and take a boat tour of this beautiful like glacier lake, you know, with a nice turquoise blue color and so on. Um, so those are a few examples. There's uh, you know there's all kinds of fun shops and stuff to do in Banff as well for kids. So. Kids would do that. Oh, and I should point out too, another easy hike, relatively, it is pretty easy. If you're in Banff, there's a, a, a little, a small mountain by Rocky Standards called Tunnel Mountain. And it's right at the edge of town. And you can drive up to the base of it, or you can walk. It's like half an hour from the middle of town. And then it's, it's a fairly small climb really up to the top of this quote unquote mountain. It's kind of like just big outcropping of rock. And you see the town down below. You see the Banff, Banff Springs Hotel, which is the famous hotel in Banff. It'll be just down below you too. There's a little waterfall, the Bow Falls next to that. So if the kids can, if the kids are interested in a good hike that's not too strenuous, that's a good thing to do, Tunnel Mountain in Banff. 
That sounds awesome. I'm just, I'm visualizing in my brain what I'd be seeing as you're talking and I'm, yeah. it's like exciting me so much. Yeah. Um, so you did touch on a couple of different towns that you could potentially stay in, um, even mentioned the names of a couple of hotels. Um, but mm -hmm. in terms of accommodations, where have you stayed? And based on that or what other information you know, what would you recommend or where would you recommend to stay? Like, would you camp, hotels, Airbnb, et cetera? Um, hotels are very expensive, for sure, in Banff. Uh, there's more selection in Banff than Lake Louise. Lake Louise has like five hotels, maybe. And the hostel, the hostel is by far the most affordable, but it's a very deluxe hostel. It's one of the nicest in Canada. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the best deal because you can get a private room or like a family room. Uh, and, and there's a similar hostel in Banff actually too. So this is why a lot of people will stay in Canmore or even somewhere around there where there's more hotels, they are a bit cheaper and it's only really like a 15 minute drive from Banff at least. So, you know, the, a lot of people choose that option. Uh, camping, I would say is the most fun. I mean, you're in the Rockies. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, you know, it stays light out quite late and you can go for walks in the forest is beautiful scent from the trees and you see wildlife around. And of course the stars at night, there's no like light pollution. Like if you can camp, that's great. Camping gets booked up really, really early. So you kind of have to get in there or else get lucky, you know, to find a spot, but there are a few campgrounds in all the national parks. Uh, there's, there's a big one around Banff. There's a big one in Lake Louise. I think a couple smaller ones in between. So Depends what you're interested in. We'll talk on this a bit, I think a little too, but you got to really plan ahead when it comes to going to the Canadian Rocky National Parks and especially Banff because it's really, really busy in the summer. Yeah, it seems like Banff has really exploded now mm. that travel Instagrammers and YouTubers have put it out to the world. It seems like it's really exploded in the past decade or so. Yeah, yeah. And on that, actually, I do have a kind of another sidebar question. So when we went to Iceland, that's another place that's kind of exploded because of Instagram tourism and things like that. Um, and it was interesting to see like around the touristy areas that there would just be garbage lying around, mm. but then you'd get past the touristy areas and it would just be landscape again. So do you have any insight into, is does Banff feel like that also where like, if you get out of the touristy areas, it might feel a little more natural. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good example because like, again, I think most, most tourists will go there on a group tour on some kind of bus tour. I mean, people certainly do drive, but there's not a lot of parking and you can get to Lake Louise at nine o'clock in the morning and there's no parking and you're just driving around. You have to go drive back down to the village, try to find a spot there and get a shuttle or walk up to the lake itself. Right. So on this kind of main tourist uh, path, you could say along the main routes, like it's super busy and there's, there's probably some garbage and pollution, but they're very careful about that because of the wildlife and the bears. You got the bear proof garbages and stuff. So once you get, if you can, again, if you have a car, if you get off the beaten path like that, it, you know, within a few seconds, even you're in a far more remote place and there may be other tourists around, but it's nowhere near as crowded as those busy places. It's quite easy to escape when you're in, the Rockies, even in Banff, really. So it's a good thing to keep in mind. Yeah. And speaking of um, cars and filling up quickly, are there places to rent cars? You know, like there's the airport that you're flying into. Mm -hmm. um, so is that the best option to rent a car? Maybe you take a tour or just rely on the shuttle or Uber. What would you recommend? Yeah, if you can rent a car for sure in Calgary. Uh, Calgary's not far. It's um, It feels like it's farther, but uh, it's 
just over an hour's drive, less than an hour and a half from Calgary to Canmore and a few more minutes to Banff, really. So it is quite accessible. I mean, people in Calgary go out to the Rockies to ski for the day and go home at night kind of thing. Like it is pretty close. And there's lots more options to rent things, rent cars uh, to get any kind of um, groceries and food and supplies. If you're going camping, stuff like that, do it in Calgary. You have more selection, far cheaper and easier to do. Um, yeah, if you don't want a car, you know, if you really just want to be on foot and not have the expense or the hassle, there again, there's lots of uh, airport shuttles and, and bus companies and stuff that'll take you out to Banff. And from there, you can walk around the town or you can get another shuttle up to Lake Louise. So there's different options. I don't know about Uber. I mean, maybe between Banff and Lake Louise themselves. But uh, yeah, you, you really just would take an airport shuttle from Calgary, at least out to the Rockies. That's really good to know, especially being people who... I don't know that we would drive all the way up there. I mean, maybe we would if we're feeling adventurous, but good to know that there are options um, for really making the most of it, even if we're um, yep. from way out of town. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so based on your experiences uh, visiting Banff and the surrounding area, what would you say is the best time of year to visit? Mm. This is kind of the key question. <laughs> the best time to visit is September. The second best time, which is pretty close, is May and most of June. July and August are just crazy busy. They can be quite hot. You often get smoke from forest fires. There's inevitably forest fires somewhere in British Columbia that, uh, or, or parts of Alberta even that get close. Now, of course, all being said, you know, most of us only really have the time and the chance to go in the summer. So it kind of is what it is. And honestly, I'd recommend like, if you really want a good Rocky Mountain experience to enjoy the mountains, enjoy camping, hiking, and all that outdoor stuff, think about some of the other parks you can go through banff you know you can spend a day or two there i think this is what most tourists do especially these days you know you, you can still pop in and see it even just on your way through you get a picture of the lake walk around a little bit maybe spend a night or two but then go into one of the other parks you can go up to jasper uh, yoho park is just around the corner basically kootenai park is the fourth na rocky national park and then there's others beyond that so there are other options if you really want to have a quality experience where you're not surrounded by tourists, if it's July and August, because it will be pretty busy. But if you have the chance, go in September. September, the weather's usually beautiful. It's still nice and warm. Later on in the month, the colors start to change, which is stunning as you drive through the Rockies and you won't have anywhere near the crowds. The prices might even be better. So if you can, that's the time to go. Is it harder to access some of the roads in the winter or is it pretty oh, yeah. much open? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure how much, <laughs> I know it's the Rockies, but it's also the West coast. So yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. If well, and that's a good point too, bad. because the Rockies at least are year round tourism, at least if you're into skiing and snowboarding, you know, huge ski hills, Olympics caliber ski hills. They had the Olympics in, uh, in the Rockies when they had the Olympics in Calgary in 1988, the, the downhill skiing was, and Kananaskis, which is just past Canmore, so it's all, you know, the same area. Lake Louise has a huge ski hill. They do a World Cup event there in November, I think, November, December every year. Uh, there's a couple of ski hills around Banff. So, and that's just Banff. I mean, you can go do the same in Jasper and other places too. If you're into skiing, it's amazing. And like, again, I mean, it'll be busy, but nowhere near in the summer, people go to ski, really. You can't do hiking and stuff in the winter and you can't explore. You know what's interesting? I... <laughs> I should point this out, like you see the famous pictures of Lake Louise in particular with blue color and Maureen Lake and some of these other lakes. They're only like that for like four, maybe five months out of the year. The rest of the year, they're frozen solid. And I didn't even think about this till I moved to Lake Louise in March of that year. And I go up to the lake. I mean, there was snow everywhere. I should have known. But I get up to the lake and like it's white, it's frozen solid. Where's the color? It wasn't until the end of June 
that it thawed. <laughs> and you can get snow in the Rockies year round. It's, it's possible. In July and August, it wouldn't last too long, but it's possible. So it's quite a different experience to go in the winter than if you go in the summer. But if you're into winter sports, I mean, some of the best skiing and snowing in the world, it really, really is. So it really sounds like Banff is... I mean, similar to going to any national park in uh, the United States or anywhere around the world, really, that you need to prepare and you need to know uh, what to do ahead of time and how much to prepare ahead of time. So is there anything that you wish you knew before traveling to Banff that you'd like to share with our listeners or tips for how to prepare for your visit? Well, I mean, it is the Rockies. So as I say, year round, be prepared weather-wise. The weather can change. Make sure you have the appropriate clothes, um, you know, even a, a, a decent coat and hat and all that kind of stuff. Because even if you're staying in a hotel, you know, you're walking around at night, it can, it can get pretty cold. So it's good to be prepared for that. I, I think the main thing, though, especially in the summer, is the time. You really have to give yourself enough time. On a map, it looks, I mean, I guess it technically is fairly close, Banff to Lake Louise, like 40 minutes or so by car. But I mean, there could be traffic. Um, there could be just lots of delays. There's traffic jams these days. It's crazy. So you just have to kind of plan ahead that it can take a lot longer to get around than it may appear when you're doing your research and planning than it may look on a map, you know. So it's just kind of be prepared for that. Uh, you know, you even get these bear jams. Have you heard about this? No. <laughs> Not so much in the main highway, but here's another good tip, actually. If, uh, if you have the time, there's the old highway, the secondary highway. The main highway, the Trans-Canada is Highway 1. The secondary highway, which kind of runs right next to it, is the 1A. And not a, not a lot of people know about this. Like, they just kind of whiz by. But if you have the time, say you're in Banff, you go to Lake Louise for the day, come back down the 1A. That's actually how you get to Johnston Canyon there. It's stuff this little road. It's a nice drive. But you go around a corner, and whoop, suddenly there's all these cars stopped, and people are probably out of their cars, wandering around, taking pictures. And you can imagine they've seen some kind of wildlife. There's like a big moose or a deer or a big horn sheep, or the worst would be a bear, which is probably a grizzly bear. Uh, and then you'll see like the park wardens show up eventually and like yell at everybody to get back in their car and what do you think you're doing? <laughs> but instead of traffic jams, you get the bear jams, right? Because like all these cars suddenly stop. So if you do see a bear, I mean, you, it's not likely you'll see one unless you're really out hiking in backcountry rugged areas. Uh, make a lot of noise. Make sure they know you, they know you're there before you see them, right? Because they they they'll be scared, of course, unless you startle them, and then they might get defensive. But if they know you're coming, then they'll they'll run away. But you don't want to surprise a bear, so you make noise, you talk loud. People bring these bear bells that kind of ring. Uh, you can bring bear spray, which supposedly is like a last resort. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. I've heard people ask you know me lots of questions like, should I be scared of bears, or I don't want to go to the Rockies, so I might get eaten by a bear. It's not going to happen, but you know, it depends what you're doing, but it's good to be prepared. Yeah. Sounds like other national parks where there's bison or mm -hmm. any kind of wildlife that's stopping everyone. And, um, but on a lighter note, it's, I think I probably know the answer, but on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to recommend um, a trip to Vamp to our listeners? Well, it's, it's certainly a 10. It's uh, again, I've been lucky. I've traveled around Canada and seen lots of different places. And even been able to live in different places. And, you know, the Rockies are, are right up there at the top. That's fantastic. Sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Are I you ready it. to go, Regan? <laughs> of course. Like, I'm already packed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ted, I think that wraps up at least all the questions we have. Do you have anything else that you would want to share with our listeners? Well, I mean, we've just talked about Banff, which is fine because you can only 
do so much without us talking for like two hours, but there's lots more to do in Jasper for sure. And all these other places, you know, so I, I guess another tip is if, especially if you have the time, like don't limit yourself to just Banff and Lake Louise, the touristy areas, um, explore the other parks too. Uh, again, they get more rugged, the more, the farther you get from Banff really there's touristy stuff, but it's not nearly as busy and you might have a even more enjoyable experience to quieter. So yeah, just, you know, there's lots, there's so much to see. There's so much to do. All right, Ellie. Well, now I'm packed for two weeks. So (laughs) (laughs) well, Ted, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. I know I'm pumped to visit. I hope our listeners are pumped to visit. Ellie, anything else from you? No, I'm ready to go. I'm saying we go out there the next all summer next year. Check it out. (laughs) Meet you there. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Thanks again, Ted. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. Come escape with us again every other Tuesday. Give us a subscribe and a follow on all of our social media and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until we chat next time, wander on.